the volume. The Sessions is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. They're America's number one sportsbook for a reason, y'all. It's so easy to use. It's safe and secure. That's one of the main things for me. I don't want any BS. I love that there's no BS with FanDuel. Plus, you get your winnings fast. Now winnings are delivered in as quick as two hours. Plus, it's super fun to combine multiple bets from the same game into a same game parlay. It's awesome. So if you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with the promo code Renee, that's R-E-N-E-E, so that they know that I sent you. Disclaimer, 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, Wyoming, or West Virginia. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona 18887897777 or visit ccpg.org/chat for Connecticut 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com/rg for Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania and Virginia 1-877-770-STOP for Louisiana 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY for New York Tennessee Redline 1-800-889-9789 and 1-800-522-4700 for Wyoming. Visit www.1800gambler.net for West Virginia. <laughs> Good evening. My name is Bella Boris. Welcome to my house of horrors. Ooh, welcome to the spooky sessions. We are wrapping up. The scary month that we have had, Halloween, is upon us. It has arrived. We are here, which means it's almost time for Christmas stuff. But before we get to that, let's just close out Halloween strong. I feel good about it. I feel like we had on some really great guests, heard some really scary stuff. Hopefully we didn't conjure any spirits because nobody wants that in their lives. Um, So fingers crossed on that one. Still uh, TBD. Hopefully not putting out all the good energy. Um, So, yeah, throughout the month here on the sessions, we've had on different guests to talk about scary stories, talk about different incidences, had on some professionals. So let's just get into it. This is a best of for the month of October, our best of the spooky sessions. All right. So joining me first was my very own mother and brother. Early on, I had spoken about I've spoken about this before, but um, living in a haunted house. That sounds, well, I'd say more dramatic than what it was, but it actually was kind of dramatic, I guess. I guess just when you think of a haunted house, you think of like a bunch of different goblins and ghouls popping out of every corner. It was not that one, just one. Um, So I brought in my mom and my brother because I really needed to, I guess, affirm the things that I felt and heard. I didn't see, but I felt them and I heard them for sure. Um, So my mom and my brother, they tell their story about what it was like in the house for them. And my mom sprinkles in a few other random little stories here and there. So uh, without further ado, guys, this is my family. Here's my mom and my brother. Okay, so we can all confirm that, yes, we lived in a haunted house. Yes. We lived in a house where strange things happened. Wait, are you going to kind of like be on the side that you don't believe that the house was haunted? Well, I guess that depends on what we think like a haunting is. Okay, that's fair. 
in in my opinion, there was a ghost in that house. Is I don't know that I don't know that that means that you're haunted, but for the sake of it sounding better to say that the house was haunted. It was a friendly ghost. Like it never did stuff to scare us. It was just like I don't know if you guys remember or not, but remember when we had Ike the Rottweiler, he would always sit in the corner of the living room and stare at the corner. He did that all the time. And that is definitely a sign. And Sid did that too, because we had the boxer. He also did that. Do you remember? Yeah. Yeah. Animals are really um, in tune to spirits. And I totally 100% believe in them. And plus somebody died in our house. So. Okay. You're jumping ahead. Sorry. Slow down. Just calm it down (laughs) for one second. Okay. So I feel like I've talked about this a ton, whether it's just like talking to friends. I've spoken about it on the podcast before in different like instances, but there's a part of me that's like, am I making some of this up or like, am I remembering it differently than it actually happened? Am I like fabricating things? I don't know. So I'm going to like give you guys the floor. What was like, I'll, I'll go to Eric first. What was like your first, like, I guess when you really noticed that something was like happening, that was weird. Well, I think the first thing that we both noticed was the sound of someone walking down the stairs that were in between both of our bedrooms. Yeah. Like our bedrooms mirrored each other. We lived in a bungalow and there was like three or two, you know, three or four stairs that went down to our bedrooms and it was our bedrooms faced each other. Yeah. Like our, our, I think our bedrooms were, like extensions off the back of the house. I don't think those rooms were originally on that house. Um, yeah. So there was like four steps that went down and then, you know, like my bedroom was on the right and yours was on the left. I remember waking up one night and we had both heard the same thing and we kind of had both opened our doors and we're like, who just walked down the stairs? You know, it wasn't either one of us sneaking out. I don't think. Yeah, like I remember hearing like a lot of like the pacing up and down the stairs. Like that was a for sure. And I always feel like there was like bangs on our doors. Like I remember bangs hitting my doors and you and I, same thing. We'd open up our doors and be in the hallway. Like what was that? And I mean, I feel like that only lasted like a little while though. Like that didn't persist. Like I feel like that only happened for like a fairly short period of time. It's enough time for me to be scared out of my pants. It did go away. And it's because um, a friend of mine who was really into spirits and stuff, he said, if you read this passage out loud from a Bible, the spirit will go. And I honestly think it did. But I was like shitting myself reading that. (laughs) And we'll we'll get into that stuff, because I think that is kind of what like closes a lot of this stuff out. But. We were older. We were not like kids when this happened either. So it's not like we have like a child's mind of what had happened. Like we were both like teenagers. You were just about to go off to college. But we never, none of us really spoke about this when we all lived in the house together. Like I don't feel like we were ever like the house is haunted, right? I don't feel like we actually talked about that until you moved out. I moved to LA and then we all started kind of talking about it. I guess it did kind of persist because Justin, my friend, moved in after college was done and lived there for a couple months. And he experienced the same things, didn't he? 
Well, Justin and I would also go to um, the the old Whitby Insane Asylum, so maybe we were like conjuring up some ghosts with that. Well, I mean, I, I used to I used to go there all the time. Maybe we brought something home. That was like the thing to do for us when we were like teenagers was to go like hang out. There's like an old abandoned uh, mental hospital. But you know, that's kind of what I was saying is like, was it a haunting or was it something else? Because a haunting, I guess, is tied to a place. Whereas like a poltergeist or something else like that is tied to a person. Funny that you say that too, because so when I had Rachel Evans on, she does um, like catching a ghost on camera. She does like a lot of those like discovery travel shows. Like she is like in on the ghost. She's got her finger on the pulse. She knows what's up. And I was explaining to her some of these things. And mom, do you remember when you were, you would like be in the shower and you would heard my voice? Oh yeah. That was the big kicker for me. I was in the, I wasn't in the shower. I was just in the bathroom with the door closed. You guys were sleeping. You dropping a deuce? No, not that day. And um, <laughs> and I heard someone say Lola, like our, my little dog called Lola, who was in the bathroom with me. And I opened the door and I went, oh, that's weird. No, no one's out there. It was a lady's voice. And then I went down to check on you guys. You were out cold. And I'm like, okay, that was weird. I had also heard a voice in the bathroom as well. You did? I didn't know that. I was home alone. And I was like getting ready to go meet some friends or something. And I was in the bathroom. I think I had just gotten out of the shower and I heard someone whisper my name like directly in my ear. And what's weird about that too is, so I was telling this to Rachel when I, like I had a whispering right in my ear as well, but I was sleeping and it was one of those, like I woke up and I was like, was that a dream? Did that actually happen? But I could have sworn that I felt like someone's like hot breath even on my face. And they whispered in my ear, I'm coming with you. And it was when I was moving to LA. Like I woke up and I was like, that must have been a dream. Like what the hell? But if it like whispered in your ear too, like, yeah, I know you're not, you're not coming with me. Leave me alone. So, but she was saying, Rachel was saying, I don't know for, for you, mom, if it was trying to like imitate my voice or what, but she said that can be like a pretty bad sign that it's actually not like a friendly ghost. I think this was a friendly ghost for sure. Or spirit, not a ghost, like a spirit, because, I mean, it never did stuff. What's the difference? Is there a difference between a ghost and a spirit? Well, I think a ghost is like Halloween. A spirit is like someone's spirit. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, yeah. I got you. <laughs> and also, when I moved out of that house and I moved into Keswick, I was sleeping and something lifted the end of my bed. That freaked me out. I'm like, oh, my God, did that ghost or spirit follow me? Have you guys had anything happen after those things? I never had anything happen since we moved out of that house. Me neither. I just had that thing in Keswick because I went, oh, my gosh, did that spirit follow me? But then that was the only thing I experienced. And it was like kind of weird. But um, yeah, I was not afraid of the spirit on Simpson Road, though, at all. I didn't, not that I would say that I felt afraid of it. I mean, ghosts are fucking terrifying anyways. Like I'm not, I don't want to like be around ghosts. I would like to put that out to the universe. I would let them move in with me. Like I just. Why do you like them so much? You know, as long as they're friendly and, you know, just want to hang, it's fine. It's nice to have some company, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, that's right. I live alone. Yeah, that's right, Eric. Hell no. So. I'm not talking to myself. I'm talking to my ghost friend. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like that stuff. It, it, I, they all freak me out. I don't really want anything to do with, with any of it, but um, 
Yeah, like what? Eric, didn't you see something on the stairs or something at one point? Or were you stoned at that point? Uh, well. <laughs> yes and yes. <laughs> I don't think I saw anything on the stairs, no. It was just always, you know, hearing something there. I always felt like something was like watching me. Like I would always just have that like eerie feeling of like something being over my shoulder, something watching, like especially when I was in my bedroom, like because we had our computers in our room. So we were always in there like doing homework and, you know, doing whatever instant messenger chat. (laughs) But I always just felt like something was like there watching. Again, with those two rooms being add ons to the house. Like, I'm curious if, like, something was disturbed in the soil or something um, with that addition being made in the back there. Real poltergeist. Our house also backed on to, like, a hospital. God, I never thought about that. That's right. We were directly across the street from the hospital. I honestly think it was the lady that died downstairs. Just a preface for people, this house, it was a bungalow, but there was a full basement apartment as well. And the woman that died lived in the basement apartment before we ever moved in there, right? Just before we moved in there. Because I bought that house from one of my clients and uh, she sold it uh, because they they weren't living in there. They had a monstrous house. And uh, when the lady died, she sold the house. Okay, so I mean, I feel like that kind of just like puts a button in it that like the woman that had died, it must have been that. I remember being in the basement one time and like basements are creepy anyways. That basement wasn't actually creepy because it was a finished basement. But I would always haul my ass up those stairs real quick. As, As soon as I shut off those lights, I was like booking it out of there. I was up those stairs. But I remember being downstairs one time and I had a can of Coke, probably Diet Coke, um, and it started to spin and move down the table. Granted, I'm sure that was just like the condensation from it. And like, I'm sure it wasn't a ghost, but I've never fucking moved faster in my life as I did when that happened. Like thinking that it was like right there moving. My well, I, I did hear her talk like um, when, when Lola was in the bathroom with me and she, she called Lola's name. It was like so weird. Like I would even like have like girlfriends come over and like sleep over and not tell them that like I wouldn't I wouldn't be like, hey, by the way, there's a probably a ghost in my house. Like that was never a conversation being had. But when we'd be sleeping, same thing as like Eric was saying too, where like they'd be like, what is that sound? Like I remember even hearing like the like the dishwasher opening, like there was a lot of action happening. So all this stuff is happening. Eric moves out to college. I'm getting ready to move to California. And that's when I feel like you and I really spoke about this on like, I don't know if it was like on the flight there or like leading up to whatever, but I remember you, you were going to do that passage thing when you got home. So what all went into this? Where did you get the passage? Who told you about it? What did you do? It was actually Wayne Ferguson. Family friend. He was really good friends with Mike Mandel, you know, the, um, Oh, what does he, what does he do? He does like, you know, he'll bring people up and hypnotize them and all that. And he was really tuned to spirits. And so Wayne said, read this passage. And I honestly couldn't tell you what passage it was, but you have to read it out loud because Mike had told him that. So when you guys were at home, I'm sitting there reading it. And honestly, I'm going, okay, this is really scary. (laughs) What if it turns the ghost like into a psychopath? Honestly, (laughs) the like ghost like enters your entire soul and takes you over. Holy shit. 
yeah, but honestly, I don't think I had any more activity with that ghost after that. But I was kind of bummed that I did that, actually. You're weird. I know. I live by myself. I need company. All right. So it's really great having on some family. But every now and then, you just got to go, listen, fam bam, it's been great, but it's time to bring in the professionals. So that's exactly what I did. We brought on R.H. Stavis, Rachel Stavis. She is a professional exorcist. She has been there. She has done that. She is like known as Hollywood's favorite exorcist. (laughs) She's been on a ton of different shows, worked with many different celebrities who, of course, she didn't like really let the cat out of the bag on who any of those people were aside from the people she worked with on television shows. Just a really interesting conversation with this woman who has like seen it all. We talk the differences of um, different, different demons, the kinds she's seen, situations that she's been in, fascinating fascinating stuff. So guys, here she is. This is Rachel Stavis. So one of the types of entities that we have in the world, unfortunately, is something that I call a wraith. And what a wraith does is that it, it attaches itself to people who've been through sexual trauma, sexual dysfunction, exposed to something too early. Um, that's kind of what they do. They're what people consider like a succubus or an incubus. So on occasion, I will get people who have lineage rates. What is that? That's something that's been with their family line for so long that it might not even be their trauma. It's something that happened back when that's just been passed down and passed down and passed down. One of the craziest things that you'll see and doing spaces are always insane. So when I take entities out of spaces, that's actually the most dangerous work that I do. Because an entity that holds a space, there's only a few types that do um, and the ones that can hold a space are are higher on the food chain. They're a bit more malevolent, including one that's the highest of the high. The devil. Well, it's not, but that's what people. That's what I think it, people would assume it is. It, there's more than one of it, and it's it's the highest I've ever seen. Do you not say its name purposefully? No, no, no. I call them realm walkers because there's more than one, and they walk between worlds. They just they can do a lot of crazy things. But when they hold a space like a like a hotel, for example, like there's a whole chapter of the Cecil Hotel in my book, when they hold a space like that, they can actually take the whole building down on top of you. So you have to be very careful when you go into spaces. Cecil Hotel's the one that was on um, Skid Row, right? Is that right? Yes. Oh my gosh. Okay, so when you're working with people and whether it's in a space or with like an individual, what happens? What does that process look like? You know, it's nothing like you see in the movies most of the time. So most people don't have what I consider a movie-style entity. That's more a realm walker, movie-style entity. The one that's, like, really just theatrical and dramatic, you know, and, like, putting on all the show. (laughs) Sure. Not normal. Most people are not walking around with something like that. So for most people, I would say it's actually quite a peaceful situation for them. So what happens is, They come into my spirit room. I'm in my spirit room. They come in here and they, we have a conversation. We have a conversation about what to expect, what, you know, what you're going to feel, all of these different sensations that are going to go on in the body, what you're going to hear, that kind of stuff. Because people, when they come, they're afraid, you know, especially the first time. They don't know what to expect. And they're usually here because it's a last resort. 
So, um, and that's one of the reasons why I never, ever share who's been here specifically by name, unless they decide they want to tell people that because it's private, you know, this is a private space for you. So we go through kind of the process of what spirit is saying about what's going on with them. You know, I do hear spirit talk as well. So, um, when people are telling me things, I'm constantly, even now, like looking off into the sunset because I get information. And so I just say it back to people. Is anyone talking shit about me right now? <laughs> nope. I'm just telling you that they were talking about some trauma. Oh, uh, my trauma. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh my God. What were they saying? They were just saying, you know, you've been through a lot of things and not to freak out about having this attachment. It's not a big deal because they're like, you know, she's going to freak out. <laughs> and <gasps> also like how empathic you are and that the fact that you like, I don't know if you remember this or not, but they're saying that you've actually seen and heard deceased people since you were a child quite often. And that also is something, you know, that makes this a little more open, makes this a little more whatever, like you've had visitations. Oh my God, that just made my like stomach kind of turn because that is one of those things that makes you, we were, I just did an episode about this, had my family on because we talked about a house that we lived in that definitely had something happening. But I definitely do remember as a kid, just feeling like I was seeing something, something was around. Um, But it's hard to decipher that when you're an adult and you're trying to like decode that and make sense of it. You're like, I don't know, my kid mind probably just made that up or it was a shadowy room or your imagination, all of these things that you could kind of like try to justify things with. Um, So good to know that um, you did just, I did. You it's did. Been reconfirmed. Not wrong. So this house that you lived in, I don't know why they're doing this now. So we're we're on a tangent now. I'm so sorry. Let's go. No, let's get into it. Let's have at it. Give. I would love to. I don't know where this is, um, but they're showing a house that to me looks fairly old. Um, but weirdly, though, not like haunted house looking house. Like it doesn't feel like that to me. It feels like like more normal looking house, just not brand new, like not a brand new space. But they're saying that the person who kept coming to you, oh, this is actually kind of nice. I don't know if you remember this or if you blocked it or, or sometimes we just get the negative sensation of a deceased person being around and it's not their intent. I'm such a deceased person's advocate. I'm like, wait, <laughs> let me tell you. I, I consider myself such a deceased person's advocate because everyone's always afraid of them. And I'm like, they're just people just dead. <laughs> you know? Yeah, give them a bone. Let them live. Well, not live. Let them die. Let them be. <laughs> so there is a woman that kept coming to you, a woman, a deceased woman from this space. I don't know how old you were, but it feels like you were pretty young. And they, this woman was... Um, Something happened. I don't know what tragedy this was, but this woman lost children. Oh, shit. She definitely lost children. So she was coming to you kind of as a watcher, kind of as a a helpful, like she wanted to make sure you were okay. Wow. But that doesn't change that you were probably scared, (laughs) you know, as much. Yeah, like I don't really remember, like I remember having like an imaginary friend. I definitely had like an imaginary friend situation, but I think probably during a time when this would have happened, I was very young and my parents were splitting up. So it definitely probably was like a pretty like what's going on. Yeah. So then she was with you because she knew you were going through something. So she was there, you know, I think she was trying to be a helpful presence. But again, our bodies react so strongly to that strange energy. And also, especially if they come to you visually, not every deceased person will do that. Sometimes they don't do that because they don't want to scare you. (laughs) 
Right. Um, sometimes they want you to see them. It's a whole thing. It's a whole thing. But um, yeah, that makes so much sense. That's why. So she was coming to you at night. She was coming to you at night, checking on you while sleeping, which is very scary sounding. But that's what she was doing. I mean, it's sweet when you think about it. When I think about my daughter sleeping and how often I poke my head in to make sure that she's doing okay. That's actually really sweet. I don't find that scary. I like that. Isn't that interesting? When you know the background story, it changes the way you feel about the visitation. It changes the way you remember things. And you might have more stuff come to you now. Well, I always feel like I always feel like I am very receptive to those things. I mean, they definitely do like it makes my hair stand up on the back of my neck a little bit like it does scare me. But yeah, I mean, you're right. It's not like they're it's an I've never felt that like negative kind of energy. I have felt like, a oh, there's something happening or I feel like something's in the room. I can feel that. But it's never been that negative kind of feeling. But yeah, I think anytime someone thinks like, oh my gosh, a ghost or a spirit, you instantly kind of go into like panic mode and and think worst case scenario. With you in particular, you have a lot of um, spirit guides around you. So you're very protected. Like you feel very protected, but you have nice energy. That's why. Like you, you've been working on yourself. I don't know if I should even out all this stuff. And I'll No, please. It's okay. Yeah, have at it. I'm not going to say any specifics, but you've been working on yourself a lot. You've been through a lot of things. You've been working on yourself a lot. And so because of that, you've just kind of moved up energetically in the world. And so you have a lot of spirit guides who are very fierce protectors of you. But it doesn't mean, though, because you I know you say you don't perceive negative, but you when you've walked into spaces that felt wrong to you, you have left those spaces like you've walked in and been like, oh, I don't know about this feeling like you're perceptive about when something's off. And you are also really perceptive about when something's off with a person. Big time. Instantly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. And you know what? Again, I don't want to say this here, but I'm just going to put, I'm just saying this to you. You have avoided some very dangerous situations because you've trusted that. 100% I have. 100%. I can think of one in particular that I also will not get into the specifics of here um, to not out anybody or anything, but definitely a situation um, that on paper seemed like it could have been a great situation. And I was like, mm-mm. My like every instinct in my body was telling me that it was not. And then lo and behold, yeah, this person was like not a good person, especially towards women. Um, So, yeah, you get those feelings. And like, I mean, whether you, you know, you want to call it a, a guttural instinct or or whatever. But I think like just being able to like feel that like good, that bad. Like, I feel like I can read somebody right out the gate of like, what kind of a person are we dealing with here? Is this person going to be my friend or not? Yes, absolutely. And, but you trust that. Especially as women, too, we're taught a lot about placating and second-guessing stuff. And so a lot of people do. Like, they're like, well, you know, yeah, it feels really weird, but I'm just going to go with it. You know, that's just me. It's just me. And then they put themselves in a predicament. So it, you, like, actually pay attention to those things, which is solid. Is there any difference between like just being like "Mm, that person might not be a good person or having something like that, like the energy's off or something like a negative entity or like what is the difference between those things? So someone who's carrying an entity doesn't mean you'll feel negatively around them because entities are actually very common. It's not as uncommon as we've been taught to believe. It's, It's pretty common. The people who have the worst of the worst, though, I will say, Okay, so let let me back up a little bit and just explain those entities a bit more. 
So realm walkers are the kind of thing that you see when people do like the hysterical, you know, movie exorcism. Um, and I can't say that never happens. That does happen. But it's have you ever really- seen that? Oh, yeah, 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 for sure. Um, one of my goals actually is to go into every place in the United States where a realm walker inhabits and to remove it from the space, which will ultimately change the entire town around it because they're wow. just such a black hole. It's, it's really terrible. So realm walkers, they are the top of the food chain as far as I have ever seen. They can do anything and everything that an entity below them can do plus. So whereas you know, an entity normally can just kind of control and work with one person at a time. A realm walker can like go off for like a hundred people at a time. It can erase minds. It can, it sounds insane. I know what it sounds like, but it can do these things. It can call people to a certain place, which is why the Cecil Hotel has always been what it is. So realm walkers are kind of crazy in terms of what they can do, but the rest of everything is, is not. So you know, um, having something like a climb, very common, even having, unfortunately, something like a wraith, really common, having a trickster, which is something that forms a symbiotic relationship with people, pretty common, but a realm walker is not. And the reason why it's not is because it doesn't go after, you know, like you, when you see a movie and you're like, there is a farm and it's in the middle of nowhere. And here's where this crazy possession happens. And this entity goes through five people and then they all die in the end. If you think about that logically, that makes no sense. Because if a, if you're taking an entity that's the smartest, the most malevolent, the most cunning, it's not going to be doing that. It's going to be looking for world changers. So it's only interested in people that are world changers. So it's not going to go after that girl on the farm unless later in life she's going to be something that does something that tips the scales in a huge way. So oftentimes with realm walkers, they also are more prevalent to go after people that are already uh, leaning towards something dark, let's say. Okay, so when you're working with people and you are um, exercising uh, an entity, how do you do that? What does that whole process look like? If you were here, we would have these conversations, we'd be talking about it, and then we'd talk about what to expect and what, what to feel in the body. And everybody's slightly different, you know. But you would be kind of laying down the entire time, trying to keep your eyes closed as much as possible. I always tell people, like, you're not going to miss a show. I'm not going to be dancing. There's no <laughs> chanting. You know, like, none of that's going to be happening. So this is introspective. We want to see what comes up because during this process, we unlayer a lot of things, right? Things are coming out. So you want to be able to um, notice them. You want to notice any memories, thoughts, ideas, visions that come up during this process because it's related to the process and we don't want to miss it. You know, again, not to get stuck on it or anything, but just to notice it. I work in rounds of three. So I, I work with high beings that I've cultivated a relationship with. So over many, many years, I've worked with these high beings, what people call angels or, you know, gods. I don't know what you want to call it, but they're the high frequency versus the low frequency that we talked about before. And what I do is I have that energy, high frequency, high being energy flood the body of the person who's here. So that's in a very intense process for someone's body. In fact, we can't keep that going more than an hour, let's say, in extreme case, because it'll start to break the body down because we don't, that, we're not meant to carry that energy. And especially not long term. So 
So what happens to people who experience that energy here um, is they, they feel rushes of the spine, hot and cold in places. They feel pain or pressure in places. And in the most extreme of cases, they'll have their um, extremities lock up. They'll, they'll fist and they won't be able to undo the fist until the energy leaves the body. So that is something that can happen. Um, do people throw up? Do people, you know, do all of those kinds of things? Sometimes, yes, sometimes. Normally, the people who get physically ill in that way are people who dealt with a lot of sexual trauma for years and years and years and years. A lot of that gets expelled this way. But mostly people just sigh a lot, cry a lot, move a lot while this process is going on. And they do get a lot of those memories and visions that come up. And so when the, the, their body is flooded with high being energy, what it does is it pushes um, I'm just trying to figure out how to explain this visually. It pushes the energy that's not supposed to be there to the surface of the body for me. So I can see where the entity is hiding. I can see where the trauma is. I can see all of these things in the body. I used to um, peace, love, and light this in the very beginning when I was like, you know, doing this for like the first six months. I would be like, okay, entity, we're just going to send you out of here. You're just out of the body. Um, but then I would notice someone show up at the same damn entity. So I was like, okay, we're not doing that anymore. Now the entity gets dissipated. We just, it's gone. It doesn't, it ceases to exist, that particular entity after they come to me. Can that be an ugly process? It depends on the entity. Honestly, uh, most entities do struggle and fight back a little bit. Um, the stronger and smarter they are, the more that is the case. So for me, I would say... There's a lot of, this is going to sound so strange because it's very hard to explain like to people, but there's a lot of like heat in my hands that happens from this. There's um, sometimes some scratching, sometimes some bruising, sometimes some stuff like that for me. I very much am protective of the person getting this done. So for them, it doesn't get to do that, but I'll sometimes have that for me. And then of course, when I'm working on their trauma and stuff too, basically it goes through me and then out. That's kind of how this works. And so the next day after working on people, I won't be able to move very well. I'll have a lot of aches and pains. I might be super depressive feeling. That's not mine, but it, it'll pass. Um, and before someone says, because this always happens, they're like, well, you don't protect yourself properly. Blah, 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 blah. Nope, that's not true. I absolutely do down to the tattoos on my arms. Um, I protect myself and ground myself very, very well, or I would not be able to do this job at all. But this is how the process works. It just is how the process works. The NBA season is underway and it's the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Because right now, new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. Plus, FanDuel is the only sports book that gives all customers three months of NBA League Pass when they make a $5 bet on the NBA. There's so many different things you guys can rattle off here on this app. It's amazing. FanDuel has all of your favorite bets from the money line to point spreads to player props. You can even combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payoff with a same game parlay. Plus, with live betting, you'll get updated odds on games that have already started. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. So download FanDuel today and use the promo code Renee, that's R-E-N-E-E, -E, to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. Make every moment more this season with FanDuel 
the official sportsbook partner of the NBA. Disclaimer, 21 in select states. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable free bets that expire 14 days after receipt. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG for Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, and Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 53342 for Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat for Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT for Indiana. 1-877-770-STOP for Louisiana. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467369 for New York. The TN Red Line, 1-800-889-9789 for Tennessee, 1-800-522-4700 for Wyoming, or visit www.1800gambler.net for West Virginia. creak in doorless chambers and strange and frightening sounds echo through the halls whenever candlelights flicker where the air is deathly still that is the time when ghosts are present practicing their terror with ghoulish delight all right and we were not done with the professionals. This chick, I feel like her and I could be fast best friends. I loved her. Not only is she a professional talking about ghosts and goblins and ghouls, she just does it in such a fun, interesting, like fascinating way. Like kind of makes it not scary in like the best way, you know? There's just like a, a sort of matter of factness about what she does. Also her like belief systems and all of that. Um, so Rachel Evans, is who joined me uh, on this. So you guys may know her. She's been in a ton of different shows from the Travel Channel, Discovery Plus, on Prime. Uh, yeah, just she is the queen of the ghosts. Can we call her that? She's also on The Circle on Netflix. So she has been in and around. She is a great time. She is a pro talking about the goblins. Here she is. This is Rachel Evans. What's like your reaction to people that just don't, believe in ghosts or the people that really try to debunk ghosts and spirits <laughs> it's the same people who don't like candy corn like get, <laughs> get grip you know like, just get don't yuck grip. our yum exactly Shit. and like if you want to live in a world without any mystery or fantasy go off but i love physics and i also love ghosts <laughs> you know like I'm a huge fan of science. It's like a huge passion of mine, especially like quantum physics, because I think that there shouldn't be as much of a divide between the paranormal and the scientific world as there is. Because like when you think about quantum physics, we don't understand quantum computing, but we do it actively. The fact that we are actively doing something and progressing in science in this world of quantum physics, but no scientist can tell you why that happens, it's insane. That's way above my pay grade. Honestly, same. I feel like there should be more mystery in science. And if you're so closed off, I think 
to things that might be a little bit more fantastical, you're never going to be able to grasp ideas like quantum entanglement. You know, you're never going to be able to get your brain to that place because you just have no imagination. Yeah, let the imagination run wild, which can certainly be a slippery slope as well. And I'm sure you've come in contact with plenty of that. Um, How do you guys decide which cases you're going to take on? We look at the videos that they send us and we make sure that they haven't been compromised in any sort of way. So we'll look at the metadata of the videos and make sure that they haven't been altered. Um, Make sure that like, you know, our due diligence as much as we can do. We'll look into the family and look into the people who submitted the stories. Gosh, that's a lot of work for how many submissions you guys are getting. That's a lot of like deep diving you guys have to do. We have a huge research team and they're like incredible because it is a lot of work. And there are so many people that just want to be on TV. It's such a hard thing to debunk that, yeah, you could just like paint your grandmother white and put her outside of your window. (laughs) And I guess I can't tell you that that's not a ghost. (laughs) Like, I guess. (laughs) But, you know, we do our best to make sure that we're dealing with people who actually need help, too, or want that validation. Like my favorite stories are ones that are like, I think this might be my grandmother or this is my dog. Like that's, that's a big one. We get a lot of pets. Oh, I've never even really thought about that. What an asshole I am. That's so sweet. I hope my dog haunts me better, little shit. Yeah. And I think they like, you know, at least for like some time afterwards, we get so many submissions that I refuse to believe that it's isolated incidents. Like, I think that it happens and there are things that we ignore. Like, little things that fall over in the corner and you're like, <laughs> Yes, yes. Oh, my God. The amount of times things like that happen, it's really funny, and I'm sure someone will debunk this, but I feel like anytime something like that happens in my house, it's always when my husband's gone. Always. And I'm like, why does this not happen when he's here? What is going on? Like, I'll be upstairs sleeping, huge crash down in the kitchen all the like both dogs are upstairs with me there's no way it could be anything else I'm like this only happens when John's on the road always does he believe in ghosts he does so I feel like I'm more receptive to it like he freaks out he thinks that I like attract ghosts Cool. Which I maybe I do. Who knows? So he doesn't he doesn't even want me talking about. It. So our house we live in is super old. It's built in 1880. Um, probably has like a crazy history. But I will say living in this house, knock on wood, aside from the little um, little ghost Internet moment we had, I've not really heard too many like really like creaky, weird things or like felt a presence in this house. Um, but yeah, he definitely gets his back up to it. So he does believe in it, but not in a way that he wants, like he kind of just doesn't want to know about it. Like I think it like really kind of rattles him. Yeah. I mean, you know, it is an energetic thing, which is why it's so easy for people, for skeptics to be like, to call bullshit on it. Because if you're not receptive, then you cannot see it. Like you, you, it's very possible for things to be happening right in front of you and you just not see it. But I would definitely look up, that's my, this is my favorite part of the job. I would definitely look up the history of the building that you're in and of the land that you're on. Oh, so where do you go to do that? The library is where I go, which is a little lame. No, I love the library. I'm fine to go to the library. It's great. Because they also, they have to, you have to have like, um. All the database. Regional public records. Yeah. So I would look into it. I, I grew up, I also grew up in a very old house that was built 
around the same time. And that's where I started like experiencing ghosty things for the first time. And my parents, like, you know, we lived there for over 20 years. My parents never experienced anything. Really? But you did. You had you had big experiences when you were a kid, right? Yeah, me and my sister both did, actually. And we never talked about it until we were like in our late teens. So same for me and my family. Let's hash this out. So what what kind of experiences did you have? And like, yeah, not talking to each other about it's really funny. Yeah, because, you know, it's just one of those things, I guess, that you're like, that's crazy. Let's not talk about it. And I think we're kind of past that, I hope. Well, you and me, we're so past that, Renee. We're, you and I are beyond that. Yeah, we're going to talk about it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, when I was six years old, my very first experience was when I was six years old, I was in my bedroom and I saw these three giant floating man heads in front of my bed. And they were, I mean, I was six, so they could have been normal size, but they seemed animatronic. They seemed huge. So, there were these three heads floating in front of me and they were very like, one of them had like a cigar or something. And one of them had tiny little round glasses and they were all like looking at each other, but not looking at me. And I just started like screaming and my parents came in and they were like, what? I'm sick. So I don't know how to verbalize what, what it just happened to me. Then I had a very nice experience. Like I would say probably a couple months after that, which was my, me and my grandfather were very close and I used to spend the night at his house all the time. And one night I spent the night at his house. And then that morning I went home and he actually died like as soon as I left. Oh, wow. I guess my, you know, my parents were like figuring out how to tell me. I took a nap and I saw him on the edge of my bed. And I thought he was just there. You know, I was just like, oh, hey, um, what's up? Are we hanging again? <laughs> and that's when my mom, like a couple hours later, my mom came in and told me that he had passed. And I told her, I was like, you're so mistaken. I am so sorry. He is here <laughs> currently. Did she freak out? No, no, no. Like my parents are super Texan. So they were just like, all right. <laughs> yep. Okay. And I think my mom is very spiritual as well. So she she kind of liked the idea of him being there. But if I ever brought up any other ghost occurrence, like I told her about there are the three heads, then there was a man in my closet, and then there was a guy who used to hang out in the like formal dining room um, that nobody went into. And me and my sister both felt that person. And she was like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> You're yeah, crazy. I mean, that's the fear. I will say having a daughter now, I'm like, for the love of God, please don't see ghosts. Please don't see ghosts. Don't let me like hear you in the baby monitor, like talking to somebody. Like, I just don't think I can handle it. Yeah, but I'd like to believe. I mean, I think that if they're if they're talking with babies, sometimes I'm like, I don't trust this. I don't like this. Anytime I see, anytime we get a clip in that's like, my child's toy is keeps lighting up on its own. I'm like, oh, I don't believe in demons, but if I did, that's where they would that's be hiding. Yeah, yeah. That's where they would be. Because um, there's something like ultimately so perverse about that. Like the manipulation of like something so innocent is like super awful to my brain. 
Is there something to that, though, as well? Like, I mean, I guess like a baby versus like a child, because everyone always says like children are so much more receptive to those things. I guess there's like that fine line between like an innocent little baby and like a kid that someone might be like, "Mm, this kid might actually see me and interact with me to a degree. I think kids are amazing in that way. And I do. I don't think that every time a child who's capable of speech says that they see something, I don't think it's a bad thing. You know, like I think that's kind of magical and like you should definitely ask questions because you know what if it's like has talents not great (laughs) right right but for the most part like if you do believe in ghosts you you have to believe that they're everywhere you know what so what is the difference between like I'll use this house for example because it is such an old house with so much history so we live in Cincinnati which I think is like a pretty old town there's a lot of old history here like I actually really want to go do one of the ghost tours here to like really learn more about what all the little pockets are. I'm from Toronto. I did one of those one time and it like blew my mind of all the old theaters that were haunted like 100%. I cannot wait to do this. But like the difference between say a house or a building or something that's being haunted that way versus if like a person can be haunted. Is that a possibility? Oh, yeah. So that's super nefarious. Less so in America, more so overseas. If you're building on any land, that's haunted land. But in America, like, there's, it's more recent history. It's less rich in history. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, there's a huge difference between, like, a facility or a house haunting and a personal haunting. For the house stuff, generally speaking, what I see the most of are residual hauntings, which means that a per- it's a person haunting. So there's a difference between a spirit that is detached from human soul and like a human haunting. So usually with houses, you'll see this residual thing, which is a person lived here for many years. This was a person's first home and they are still going about their routine. You might hear the cabinet doors in the kitchen open, or you might hear the garbage rustle. Like, They're going about their normal routine. And for the most part, unless you want to try to like release them of this loop, uh, which takes research and work, you can just live happily with those things. You know, they're not going to hurt you. And I would say for the most part, trust your gut. If you feel fear, you know that you should be afraid because I'm I'm a fearful person. Like I'm not a brave guy. I like I'll go into a haunt and I'll be like, everyone crowd around me and I'm holding on to everybody. But every ghost experience that I've had out as an adult, like as a kid, it's hard to process. But every ghost experience I've had as an adult has been not scary. Once you're actually confronted with the thing, it, the fear kind of goes away and it's just your reality. I liken it to like doing mushrooms, where if you do mushrooms and you look at something that doesn't normally look like that, you don't, you're not scared of it. You're just like, that tree has a face now. Okay. You know what you're walking into. Like if you're on mushrooms, you at least sort of have like, I've only done mushrooms like twice and it was not a great experience. Um, But you're aware during it. You're like, I'm just having a bit of a weird trip right now and we're going to ride it out. And I guess same thing if you're walking into something like, well, this house is haunted and some shit might be going down. Let's just buckle up for that. Right. And like in the same, in the same situation, like you can feel discomfort, but you're never out of control. Like you're never like, 
what's going to happen. Or maybe I'm projecting because I'm like, I'm fine. But, <laughs> but for me, whenever I've had a ghost experience, it's just been like, kind of like a stillness, like a sense of still where you're just, that's the reality you're now living in. It's not scary as much as it is just feels real. But a personal haunting can be very, very different. Very, very different. So if you feel that spirit is attached to you for whatever reason, again, I don't believe in things like demons, but I do believe in nefarious spirit, which is something like a parasitic spirit, like a succubus. Those all just sound bad, bad, bad. It's always bad news. I mean, the job and goal of something like a succubus is to steal your energy. And it gets that generally like while you're sleeping, which is awful. Cause like, how are you supposed to protect yourself from that? And, you know, from that, I will say like, if you do feel yourself being, I guess for lack of a better word, like haunted everywhere that you go, it doesn't matter if you move from house to house, like you need to go to a spiritual cleanser. Is a lot of that too, like when people have like sleep paralysis, is that something that's kind of like that as well? That's my absolute favorite. So I generally don't dream too much, but when I do, I have heavy, heavy lucid dreams and big sleep paralysis. Um, It happened to me. I was on a show called The Circle, which is like this reality show. Oh, we know the circle. Oh, good. (laughs) Oh, good. Um, But I would lucid dream every single night in there. And it was exhausting. And my favorite idea about that is that you're actually peeking into a spirit realm. So specifically, if you have lucid dreams that take place inside of the room that you're in. So if you're dreaming and you are in your own home, or in your bed even, and you're like, you can't get up, you know, that kind of thing. Generally, that is believed to mean that you are peeping into the spirit realm while you're sleeping. So if you see anybody in that dream, try to interact with them because you could be talking to a spirit that lives in your home. You should interact with them? Oh, sure. I mean, you know, I personally believe like if you see something say something. (laughs) Follow the airport rules, everybody. Exactly correct. If you see something, you're already past the point. Like if it's going to do something to you, you're in bed. Like what are you going to (laughs) do? You know, you should talk to it and try to. I had that experience when I was over in Manchester filming. Manchester will fucking take you down, won't it? Oh yeah. (laughs) And it did. (laughs) I had this lucid dream where this woman who was by the way, amazing. She was like gorgeous, tall, icicle woman. Stupid, sexy ghost. Yes. And she was chasing <laughs> after me. And so she was chasing after me in like throughout this like very small Manchester flat until finally like I got in bed and I thought that I lost her. And I was in bed and I was like, oh my God, I'm dreaming right now wait because I tried to look at my phone and the numbers were all messed up which is like a key indicator and she walks into my room holding in and out my kind of girl I know so she walks into my room and she's like I'm not gonna hurt you and I was like well why were you chasing me and she's like you wouldn't talk to me and so 
<laughs> and so I did this really unhinged thing after that dream where I would wake up in the morning and be like, good morning. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's really interesting though of like wanting to have those interactions and like kind of create like to, yeah, make them feel heard and seen because that's all I want, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I, I do, I, I like to believe that for the most part, there's when we experience some sort of like energy shift that somebody might call ghost encounter, I like to believe that it's human. So when we were talking about like growing up and having, you know, different experiences and whatnot, and then not talking to our family members about it till later, a house that I was living in, and we weren't kids, you know, 11, 12th grade, something like that. Um, we had lived there with our mom and it was a bungalow and you would go down like three stairs and both of our bedrooms were at the bottom of that and they mirrored each other. But like all the time between like two, three in the morning, just like slam on the top of both of our doors. As like teenagers do, we did not like each other at the time. So we'd open the door and just kind of like stare at each other. But like something drew us both out <laughs> into the hallway multiple times. You'd hear pacing up and down the stairs, the dishwasher opening, the like just stuff shifting around. Like, as you said, somebody kind of going through their routine or whatever it may be. And for the longest time, none of us would say anything to each other, whether my brother and I would, would talk about it to my mom. She had different experiences as well of like being in the shower and she had our dog in the bathroom with us and she heard my voice calling for the dog to come out. So was this a demon? They're called different things in different cultures. A lot of people will call them skinwalkers. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Skinwalker ranch. That's right. If you hear something that's mimicking the voice of somebody that you know, you fucking run like there's nothing to be done there you have got to go so what's funny about it too is that because none of us had really spoken about it so my brother had moved out he went to college so it was just my mom and I then his best friend moved into the house and was staying in his room and again none of us are really speaking about it at this point I would have girlfriends come stay over having a sleepover and I wouldn't say anything. And they're like, who's in the hallway? Like, who is running laps up and down these three, four stairs? Um, so multiple people had heard it. And then when I finally moved out, so I'm sure this now knowing about the skinwalker shit. So I'm sleeping. And this is like one of those weird like in between, like I'm still not even sure what was real or what wasn't. I just know the way that it made me feel that I was sleeping and it I was moving to Los Angeles. Something whispered in my ear, I'm coming with you. And I woke up and my face felt like someone had just talked to it. Like it felt like there was like a heat. Even when I lived in Los Angeles, just kind of feeling this feeling of like, is something around me? Like what is happening? I would just think about it all the time, but I don't know if it was just like in my head that I'm thinking about it all the time. I don't know. Would you ever say that to yourself about like needing eggs from the grocery store? You know, like you... I feel like people invalidate themselves so much with that. With Because you think it's like a dream or you're like, did I make that up? Did that happen? But it's so vivid to me. The way that that happened and my memory of it is so sharp. Um, yeah. And then once we all started talking about it, once I'm talking to my mom about it and she's telling me about the dog barking in the bathroom thing and we all had different stories about it. Um, and then my mom, so on this flight down to Los Angeles when I was moving, she came with me for the flight because I was like a, young and she was like, let's just make sure you get there. OK, so she flies back home to Toronto on her own after we had all kind of spoken about it. And she was like, again, my family's not really religious, but she was like, I guess I'm going to read a Bible verse out loud in the house. 
So she went home and did that. And she was in the house by herself at that point. She was kind of like, fuck it. This is my only opportunity. Um, but yeah, I mean, nothing. I didn't really have any other experiences after that. But it was such a like pretty condensed, like two, three years of just feeling like something is around me and watching me. And it was awful, awful. All those stories compounded, like, you can't ignore something like that. Right, yeah. And, you know, I think, like I said, a lot of people call it a lot of different things. Somebody out there might call it a demon. I think that's a little bit dramatic. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) You know, you're not, like, you're not going to be, like, dragged to hell. Thank God. Uh, But you are probably a pretty sensitive person. And what I would do, honestly, like, what I do a lot is go to a witch, go to a witch shop and get I'm some- I'm big pr- into witches right now. I'm on a bit of a witch kick. This sounds great. As you should be, as you should <laughs> be. Um, and get a protection candle. And all you need to do is light that candle all the way down and make sure that when you light it, you don't, you never blow it out. You always cap it to close. And then when you are lighting it, just be like protection for me and my family. And it needs to be blessed by a witch because they'll do they'll do some like ritual stuff on it. Not anything blood e, just <laughs> some herbs, you know, good stuff. Yeah, a little sage mixture, perhaps. Yeah, and it's the thing is like those things seem so little, but these are in this in the scope of your big life. You know, this should be little and the more thought you give it, the more like credence you give it. So kind of like going to somebody and making your intentions clear of like, no, this is my house and you're not actually welcomed here. Sometimes that's enough. Interesting. But I will say the whole like mimicking people that you know is um, incredibly messed up. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I know. And my mom told me that and like she came out because she was like, what? Just open the door. Why are you not letting the dog out? And I was sound asleep in my room. She was like, okay. <laughs> oh, <laughs> never <no>. mind. <laughs> yeah. Big time. Oh, no. Um, so, yeah. Scary, scary stuff. Where do you find a witch? How do you track down a, a like a credible witch? It is easier than ever. <laughs> um if you go to your local witch shop, which I promise you have. I must have one here. Cincinnati's got some creeps around here. So like, I don't mean creeps. I mean like scary stuff. Not like No, I creepos. mean both could be true. Both are true, but I, <laughs> I was, I was of referencing. Of any place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but no, if you, if you look up a witch shop, like there will be, you can literally just go into Yelp and be like, witch shop. Okay. And there will be places like there's obviously I live in L.A., so there's like 47 on one street. But it really is about like going to the person that you trust the most and you can feel that when you go into somebody because they're at the end of the day, like it's their intention that's going into that blessing that's going into that candle. So if you don't trust them, then that's a moot candle. But yeah, like I go all the I don't live anywhere near Hollywood, but I go all the way to Hollywood just to get. Vicky. Vicky, my witch. (laughs) My witch Vic. That's great. Okay, I'm going to look into this because, I mean, why not? I'd rather do it than not do it. Right. And especially because you're a a sensitive person, like clearly, and you have a family now. And it's not like, I don't think it's sensationalist to be like, it couldn't hurt because I bet she's sensitive too. Of course. Oh, my God. My little baby. Nobody touch my baby. Everybody back off. 
Alright guys, that does it. That wraps up our spooky sessions. Thank you guys so much for hanging out with me and enjoying these interviews that are just off of the beaten path of what we are used to here on the show. It's kind of fun to mix it up. It's fun for me anyways. Um, I love interviewing people. It doesn't always just have to be pro wrestling and athletes. It's fun to, um, to dabble in some other areas. I love a theme. Does that mean that I should do a Christmas theme? I mean, you're kind of limited. Who am I going to get? Santa Claus? Oh my God. Can I get Santa Claus? An idea just popped in my head. Dun, dun, dun. So hold on to your panties for that one. All right, guys. Thanks for hanging out. Halloween is here. Be safe. Have fun. Dress up. Lean into it. Just enjoy. Enjoy the nice things in life. And if dressing up for Halloween is that for you, if eating a bunch of candy on Halloween is that for you, be my guest. Go after it. Just, you know, everyone be safe and have fun. And... Tag me in some costumes. I want to see what everyone's dressing up as. Me and Nora are going to be witches. John's going to be our big black cat. I'm going to try my damnedest to snag a photo of this, but I'm um, trying to get everybody in place and make it make sense. It's easier said than done. Happy spooky sessions. See you guys uh, when we're just in regular old November. November.